Hey there, you're listening to episode 32 of the Blended Family Podcast. And if you are a subscriber, you'll notice that this episode released a day early in honor of Father's Day. As promised, I have a special show today for all the dads. Ladies, you can listen too, but please also share with the dads in your life. I've got an interview with a really fun guest, and I think you'll all enjoy it. Just a note, this one is not appropriate for the little ones, so pop in your earbuds or listen when you're alone. Let me know what you think after the show by leaving a comment on the website, the Facebook page, or the Facebook group. Next week, we'll talk about forgiveness, so I do hope you tune in for that. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy the show. You're listening to The Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Welcome to the Blended Family Podcast. You are listening to the Father's Day special, and you are in for a special treat today. My guest is Justin Worsham. Justin has been performing comedy in front of live audiences since 1996. In addition to performing in comedy clubs all over the country, teaching improv, and hosting numerous live events, Justin was featured on Showtime's Comics Without Borders with Russell Peters. He made his feature film debut as Jimmy Kimmel in Not Another Celebrity Movie. Cuts from all of Justin's albums, Paternally Challenged, I Love My Kids, I Swear, and Justin Worsham, I'm a Good Husband, can be heard daily on Blue Collar Radio, Laugh USA, and Raw Dog as part of Sirius XM Satellite Radio. After moving to L.A. in 2005, Justin was accepted into the second city where he studied acting, long-form improv, and comedy writing. Justin graduated from the Second City Conservatory, performed with his improv group in a weekly live show, and was handpicked to be in the grad program where he developed sketch comedy through improv. Justin performed for several years with the fast-paced improv company Comedy Sports throughout the U.S., He proposed to his high school sweetheart, Natalie, from the stage of a live comedy sports show. Justin studied radio, television, and film at San Jose State University and was a featured performer at Paramount's Great America. Justin knew he would become a comedian as early as the first grade. While other children were dreaming of becoming firemen, doctors, or parole officers, Justin filled his head with images of microphone stands, laughing crowds, and hotel perks like free cookies at check-in. And now he is super passionate about cultivating a career in radio. He lives in Burbank with his wife, Natalie, and their two young sons. Wow, that is quite a bio. Welcome to the show, Justin. (laughs) I apologize. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> I'm sorry to your listeners. That was, this is your life, Justin. <laughs> you know what? It's fantastic, and it kind of tells everybody about you. Now, I wanted to focus this show around fatherhood, so it doesn't matter today whether you or our listeners are in a blended family or not, but you are a dad. So please first tell us about your family. Uh, I have a wife, as I, as you said before, who I met in high school, and we have been together for, oh man, I might mess up the math, but 17 years. No, I'm right on that. Wow. 
married for 14 of those years and have lived together. Uh, we started living together six months after we started dating. We kind of started dating in like the March of our senior year. And then we made it official. Like she had a, it's a longer story. That's not worth <laughs> telling. But anyway, we moved in six months afterwards, been married and uh, living together ever since. And now we have two boys. One is three about to turn four in just a few weeks here. And then the other one is six about to turn seven in September. Nice. Now I listened to your podcast, which we'll get into a little bit later, but from listening, I got the impression that you work from home a lot and your wife works outside of the home. So more or less you do a lot of the kids stuff during the day. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. I go take the kids to school and then I come home, pour myself a cup of coffee and I come into the room from which I'm speaking to you in and talk to myself. Essentially, I audition for voiceover jobs or I record my own podcasts and, uh, and I'm hanging out here for, I don't know, three hours a day, somewhere around there, maybe more. Nice. So what is that like for you being like a stay at home dad and you work from home? Do you like it? I love it. As you mentioned in my extremely long bio, I'm trying to get into radio. I realize that as much as I love making people laugh, that the stand-up world is kind of lonely. You're by yourself 23 hours out of the day. And there was a Christmas like run that I, was, that I was on in December. I was gone for two weeks, home for Christmas, and then gone again for three weeks straight. And I just realized that I hated being away from my family. So I, I, I realized it's as weird as it sounds, my happy place this is going to make me sound like a total kiss up. My happy place is sitting on my couch watching Survivor with my wife. There, I said it. Let it be known. <laughs> well, it's I love that. Ridicule in immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. I love I'm seeing so many more dads these days take on a stronger parental role. I mean, back when I was growing up, you almost never saw that. Kids need their dads just as much as they need their moms. And I think moms really need dads to share in parental responsibilities. I mean, I'm a working mom, and I balance a business as well as this podcast. And I need my guy to help out, or I'd never be able to get anything done. So yeah. I think it's great that you and your wife work so well together. And, and I know you guys are high school sweethearts, and I think that that in itself is incredible. Yeah, we are, we're fortunate. I'll be honest, it didn't always work so well. I mean, especially when we first got the house, I realized that I was the guy doing the laundry, cooking and cleaning. But then also when the toilet broke, I was the guy who had to fix it. And then I was changing the oil in the cars. And when the sprinkler broke, and I was like, you know, I'm all for progressive, you know, blurring of gender roles and all that stuff. But I can't do all of them then. That's not what that also means. And so now we found a really, really nice, sweet, happy medium. And it works really well for us. Good. And how does your wife like it? Like me being home? Yeah. Uh, I, I hope she likes it. Sometimes she's been known to say, hey, when are you going out on the road again? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's nicer. We, I don't know if you can relate to this or maybe not relate to it, but know people who could relate to it is a better way to put it. It's like I've had friends who find out that their wives are going to be home from work more. Or I recently heard a story from my dental hygienist who, who her husband is a fireman and his captain, they, they're usually gone for like, three 20 or four 24 hour shifts. That's what a firefighter does, I guess. And so when the captain retired, he was home and within months, his, him and his wife had separated because she kind of built a life on her own because he worked so, such long hours. And then he wasn't really used to having to be accommodating to another person kind of a thing. And, and it creates this weirdness. But my wife and I really do like being around each other. During the first two years of our relationship, we actually worked at a theme park together where I was the host and she was a dancer. And it was great. It was oh, awesome. Wow. That's 
that's cool. I work with Sean too. We work all day together and, and it works out well. I know not everybody can do it. So I want to switch gears just a little bit. I am really interested to know, are you close to your father? And do you find yourself acting as he did when you were a kid? Or do you find yourself a completely different kind of a parent? I'm incredibly close to my dad, and I am honestly doing everything in my power to model what my father did for me. Not that I think I'm an amazing person, but more I'm just incredibly thankful for what he's done. The stuff that I remember him doing, I don't remember being a big fan of when I was a kid, but as an adult, I I truly, truly appreciate everything that he has ever done for me. So I don't have that thing where people go, oh no, I've heard myself. Whenever I say, I literally name my oldest son, Jacob Michael, because my middle name is Michael. And I thought it would be fun that whenever I would get in trouble, my father would go, Michael. And I thought it would be fun to be able to go, Michael. And I enjoyed it. But the added pleasure that I did not really planned for was whenever we would be together with my dad and my dad would go, Michael. And I go, what? I didn't do it. I'm just sitting here. And he goes, oh, the other one. Like, and so it's fun. And yeah, I love my dad. He's great. That is fun. We have uh, teenagers right now. And so we're waiting for the day where they get a little bit older and they realize that we know what we're talking about and they <laughs> understand and respect our decisions. Cause right now it's like, we, you Not know, so we don't much. know anything <laughs> now. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. <laughs> My dad liked to call that the cocoon of stupidity. He, oh, he, yeah. He gave me a warning at 12, when, or I think it was actually like 10 when he actually first said it. And he and I was like, I just said random, like, oh, I love you, dad. He goes, oh, that's good. I go, I like hanging out with you. He goes, oh, well, just so you know, that's not always going to be the case. And I remember thinking as a child going, are you crazy? Because I'd always been close to him. And he goes, yeah, in a few years, you're going to think that you know more than me and that I'm a big dummy. But don't worry, you'll turn 21 and then you'll come around again shortly after that. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. We say like aliens kind of abducted our kids and we're hoping they give them back to us, you know, hopefully sometime in the future. But yeah, it's really, really tough having teenagers. We call it the ugly years. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Justin, you are a comedian and I'm guessing it's really easy for you to bring humor into everyday life. But for many of us, that can be such a challenge. So can you talk a little bit about how humor helps you as far as parenting? And then also maybe give the dads some tips on how they can learn to incorporate humor into their own life. I could give you the tips, but I could be honest. Everybody always says to my wife, like, oh, your husband's a comedian. It must be, you must be laughing all the time. But she goes, no, actually, yeah, he's an ass. Uh, (laughs) So when I'm in my house, nobody thinks I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) But what they're not aware of is that there's a lot of, uh, I, I don't know how to put it, is I'm not as good as incorporating humor into my parenting as one might expect. But mm-hmm. I do know that even when disciplining my kids or when I have those moments where I'm not incredibly frustrated or say exhausted, that I can say some wacky and weird things that kind of throw them a curve and, and keep things interesting. One of my favorite things is my son started doing having a fight over who was getting in on whose side of the car. And this is very much in tune with my kind of humor and also my beliefs <laughs> is that, you know, he's like, he's getting it on my side of the car. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Who, who pays for this car here? Which one of you pays for this? Raise your hand. If you pay for this car, they're just sitting there staring at me like I'm an idiot. And I go, oh, that's right. That's me. I pay for the car. So technically all sides of the car are mine. So therefore it doesn't matter which side you get on because as ruler of this minivan, I say all entrances are entrances and exits. So good for you. (laughs) (laughs) So do the kids think that you're funny? 
they 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 laugh at me as a way of saying I know you're kidding here because I have uh, my se- my sense of humor is a little edgy. Another time, I like to do it to shock my mother-in-law. One time, the kids were being like a handful at dinner, and I said, "I go, hey, one of you will die this night." <laughs> I could feel it happening. Okay. You have to decide who it is. And then the kids very funnily go, oh, him. And they do that like vaudeville bit of pointing at the other one at the exact same time. Right. And I said, no, you have to agree on who gets to die. <laughs> <laughs> so that little moment kind of made them go, wait a minute. Uh, the, but the current joke that they like is that whenever they're doing something silly or goofy, I, I came up with my own morning show, radio morning show t- name for them. I call them uh, Nimrod and Dumbass in the morning. <laughs> And they're very, they're very big fans. They get in kind of fun arguments over who's dumbass and who's Nimrod and stuff like that. Terrific. I bet you as they get a little bit older, they probably will find you a lot more funny when they understand the humor. They're a little young yet, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, they'll laugh and I do silly things. They like it when I do voices, like I'll, I announce bath time, like they're royal talking about, young man, it is time for bath, like that kind of <laughs> stuff. And they think that's funny, but, and I'm curious because, well, you're there in the thick of teenage years. So I'm Ugh. curious to see if it becomes, I, I really am looking forward to torturing them when they're teenagers. I really almost, almost at an unhealthy level. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I've heard you talk about that on the podcast and I thought that was really funny. I think it was a few episodes ago, but um, what happens is once they become teenagers and you think that you're so cool, all of a sudden they just look at you. One day, it's like overnight, they look at you and they're like, no, no, you're not, you're not cool anymore. And I'm like, when did we become not cool? We're so cool. Like we're the coolest parents ever. And they're just like, no. Nope. So yeah, you have to prepare for that a little bit too. Hopefully that won't happen to you though, because you're a comedian. So oh, I maybe. want, I want it all. I want every ounce of the experience that my father had with, I remember the stupid things I thought mostly time. I didn't say them to his face cause I was too afraid, but <laughs> I really hope that they, cause it is funny. I remember the dumb things that I would do thinking I was so smart and getting away with it. It was, but it was so dumb. I, I hope I could just outsmart them and I just make their lives hell. Oh, I don't you know. You can why. definitely outsmart them, but you may not find it funny at the time you're going through it. You know, okay. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Only time will. T- and that's also why I like being so open about it on the show, because I do believe people even listening now that have teenagers, maybe even yourself included, that's like, oh, you silly, silly. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know what? To- I pray for everybody else that they that they have an easier time than we're having. But I mean, we have two preteens and two teenagers all at the same time. So obviously, oh. for us, it's just it's it's a challenge because you really every day there's something going on. You know? Oh, I bet. Okay, so I would like to talk about your podcast, which is called The Dad Podcast. I am a listener, even though I'm not a dad. I, I think the show is great. It's hilariously offensive, and I love it. Let me point out, though, I am not offended at all by it. I think it's hysterical, and so does Sean. But if you are a listener who does get easily offended, it may not be the show for you. But I say try it anyway. Keep in mind, Justin is a comedian, and the show is supposed to be funny. And listeners, with all the stress of a blended family, you need a good laugh once in a while, right? So... Justin, please tell us why you decided to start the podcast when you already have a thriving career as a comedian. It actually kind of happened as happenstance um, when I was, so I was doing stand up and I wanted something to kind of provide sticky content to my website. And 
there was a time where I, you have to appear on morning radio shows to promote your stand-up. And so I went and did a morning show. And what was weird is that the DJs weren't really laughing, but they were having a good time, but they weren't laughing. And I was trying to be funny without that live response of an audience. And it threw me. So I realized that I've always liked talk radio. I needed sticky content for something that people could come back and re- keep me a regular part of their lives. And I needed to get used to being funny on the radio anyway. So why not put your hands together and make that all into one thing. And so I had originally already started a different podcast. And then when my act pretty much was solidified as being all about having kids, I created the dad podcast. That's just a fun, goofy way. I just wanted it to be a morning show that dads would enjoy. And all this really cool stuff came out of it where I had like, there was a teenager in England who sent me an email that said that my father and I were very estranged, but I found your podcast and started listening to it. And it made me understand that he's just doing the best that he can. And it kind of helped me to forgive him. And now we have this really great relationship. And then I've gotten multiple emails from moms that listen to the show because they find that it gives them insight into the Sometimes they use the word stupid, male brain. I'm not, uh, I try not to be offended, <laughs> but, uh, but it is. That's, and, and that literally I've gotten emails where people gush. It's very weird for me to process. I'm not very good at taking compliments, if I could be honest, but the idea of me goofing around and trying to be funny, but being completely transparent and open about my own frustrations in my parenting life has kind of helped people. And, and, I've, again, I've gotten multiple emails from moms saying that I saved their marriage. Some of them were joking, but there was a couple long ones that I got that was like, I, we were on the ends. I didn't know what he was thinking or why he was doing what he was doing. And then all of a sudden, boom, I listened to your show. And now I feel like I have a better understand of what, understanding of what he's going through. Wow, that's great. And so for the listeners, can you give them just an overview of what the show is about and what kind of topics that you cover? I try. It's not, it's not an advice show. I can tell you that I have experts on once a month. We try to have, we have a pediatrician who's also a stand up comic, Dr. J and he's a great pediatrician, but he's a little edgy. He likes going to strip clubs. He's not your usual. It's like he's the pediatrician of Howard Stern or something you know, like that kind of world. But, uh, and then I also have a sex and family therapist on, uh, Rachel Gibbs and she helps, you know, you out with your marital issues if you have them or just questions. And we've literally gone into, uh, my wife never wants to have sex with me. Uh, and also why does my husband think it's so funny to fart on me? Like that's just <laughs> a bit of topics we've covered with her. And Dr. J goes into vaccinations. And when the whole, uh, what was it? There was a measles outbreak that was coming from Disneyland. And he kind of went into the whole thing with that. As far as topics, though, that are regularly covered on the show, what we usually, I try to find fun articles and I want to keep it light because like you said before, especially with a blended family, I I, I know that my parents were divorced and then got remarried. So I have an older stepbrother and stepsister, but there's a huge chasm in our age. So for me, I didn't really see a lot of conflict, but my parents have both said that if they had to go back and do it again, they would not do it again. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it, it is intended for that. It is not intended to be educational, really. There are moments where maybe you learn something, but it is supposed to be a cathartic, uh, commiseration. We talk about that parenting to us is not puppies and rainbows and kittens. That mm-hmm. does not mean it is not enjoyable. That just means we don't think it is the, uh, effervescent blessing of a rainbow that everybody else seems to think it is everywhere else. Yeah. And I love it because a lot of people don't want to talk about the troubles that they're having and the struggles. And yeah. that's why I do the show too, because I think it's important to, have a, a space for that, you know, so that people can feel comfortable to talk about it. You know, my favorite part of your show is the end when you do the moment of the week. I love that part. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a, that's a palate cleanser that we do because sometimes I do a lot of complaining. So we find it's a nice way of also reminding people that we're not completely hatred, uh, hate, hate filled, vitriolic people. <laughs> well, no, you have to look at the good with the bad. I mean, you're, exactly. it's never going to be all good. It's never going to be all bad. It's ups and downs. That's what parenting is. So um, I'm sure you have a lot of listeners writing in questions or asking your advice. Um, even though it's a comedy show, what's the most common dad problem? I mean, not the silly things, but a real problem that you get a question on, or, or does it just vary from person to person? Honestly, what I was shocked when we started having Rachel on the show, a big issue that it, I don't, the vibe I didn't seem to get was that it was like marriage make or break, but there was a big um, issue, uh, uh, or I guess the most popular one was that the sex life, how it tapers off after you yeah. have kids. And I've been through it. For me, it wasn't necessarily about the sex. I guess maybe I'm kind of wired like a girl in that sense. But it was the part that bothered me, especially when we added that second kid, was I just felt like there was not a connection to my wife. You get so busy being parents that you it's very easy for you to make your couple uh, part of your life kind of secondary and put it on the back burner. And uh, I don't know that we've helped. We There's books that the therapist has recommended, uh, the love languages, the five love languages. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I have that one. Oh, tremendously helped my wife and I out where I started realizing that I go around doing things. And we joke now that I'm the magical fairy that goes around behind her making everything in her world better. And that is my way of saying I love you. They call it acts of service in this mm-hmm. book. Well, her love language is not acts of service, which is you do things for people. Her love language is, is uh, physical touch, uh, which is like affection, words of affirmation, which is, you know, compliments and quality time, which means that she wants me just to be zeroed in and kind of paying attention to her or us to do something. It doesn't have to be a date night. It just needs to be me not twiddling on my phone or distracted by a television show, just talking about whatever BS happened in her day. And me understanding and her understanding your, our love languages makes you realize why the signals aren't getting sent. And that was really cool. Good. I I know. I like that book too. Um, I always wonder if fathers ever feel underappreciated. I know that's a common mom struggle and I hear it all the time. So I'm just curious if you find dad struggling with that too. I, I've had a few conversations with other stay-at-home dads, not a lot to be honest, but I, my opinion is, is that whatever role you're in seems to be the role that seems to be (laughs) underappreciated. Sense. You know what I mean? Probably like, true. Yeah. I think it's a human nature. I, I found that myself as a stay at home, you know, caregiver or whatever euphemistic word you want to call it, that I, I put a lot of effort into making sure there's a hot meal that hits the table. Like I, I jokingly call myself the 1950s housewife when if I, my wife has a uh, you know, a bad day, I will serve up a cocktail and have it ready when she comes home. And I will jump on the, I will have sex with her anytime she wants. I will definitely do that for her to make her feel better about her day to day life. But am I selling that? Is that coming through? Oh, great. Wonderful. <laughs> work. <and all. laughs> but But at the same time, one of the things I've kind of learned in talking to other people, especially being the guy where the majority of the demographic of my show is the guy who goes out and works and is also, as soon as he walks in the door, it's like, take these kids, get them away from me because my life is so much harder than yours. And so I've been able to kind of walk that middle line a little bit. And I, and the kind of the message I try to put out there is that everybody needs a hug. Everybody needs a little rub on the back and a thank you and to be appreciated. You don't need to be celebrated. I'm not trying to say that, you know, stay at home dads are heroes who need to be regaled and not looked at dumb. No, 
And the only people that need to be sell that need to celebrate it are those little kids and then your significant other. I, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Well, and you being a working dad, it's not like you're a stay at home dad that doesn't have a job too. So right. you are both working. I know with me, I was a stay at home mom for a long time. And then when I went through my divorce, I had to start working. And so I have seen both sides of that. And um, I actually like to be a working mom, but I'm, I'm like, you know, it never stops. The work never stops. When you come oh, yeah. home from work, then you got to be a mom. And so I kind of have the balance. Um, but I think that that's great that you got to see both sides too as a man, because honestly, some men never see that side. And so it's really good that you guys are balancing it so well. And the added part too, the, the thing that comes with being a dad in my position is you do still to this day, which I find weird. I know it'll go away, but you get a lot of looks for moms where they just, they always feel like you're not taking care of the kid because dads do have different ways of caring for children. Yeah. Some actually are more, uh, I don't know, feminine. I, I don't like that word, but they're maybe maternal or stereotypically maternal where they're kind of coddling. I'm not. And I get frustrated when it, it's like 68 degrees here in Southern California, two hours from now, the, the sun is going to be up and it's going to be 75 or higher. And my kids don't have sweaters. And I get looks from the moms like, aren't they going to get cold? Where's their sweaters? I'm like, they're fine. I'm trying to raise men who will keep your daughters warm at night. <laughs> well, they're just going to assume that because they see a man and that's not the right. typical role that you don't know what you're doing. And I hate that. Yeah, it drives it, I don't get like, I don't want to have sit-ins or anything about it, but I just, and it's interesting because I hang around with a lot of moms and they talk to me for five minutes and I share a quiche recipe or two. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, you're in. And then all of a sudden that opens the floodgates of uh, husband bashing. Right. And I'm, hey guys, there's still a penis here. I don't know <laughs> where. <laughs> and I don't know if what kind of bro code I'm supposed to live by, you know, or if I'm supposed to let them, I just try to get these guys laid. I'd go, you know, what'll help that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. You have the inside knowledge. That's great. <laughs> okay, Justin, we're coming to the end of the show here but I want to do a quick lightning round so people can get to know you just a little better. Are you up for that? Yeah. Okay, great. What is your favorite thing about being a dad? I love two things. I love the snuggles with the kids and I love the idea of the challenge of building somebody who will one day be a contributing part of society. I don't know if that sounds heavy-handed or soapbox-ish, but that is, that is why I got into the game for lack of a Oh, that's great. Now, what's your least favorite thing about being a dad? Uh, everything. No, uh... <laughs> I think honestly, it is the not knowing. I have a joke in my stand-up act that says you never really know if what you're doing is the thing you should be doing. I feel like parenting is like playing craps where you, you roll the dice, you read books about rolling dice and shaking dice and loving dice, and then you let them go. And it takes 30 years for those dice to travel across the table before they hit the other side and land and you find out if you did it right or not. And that so is definitely true. a part I don't like. Yeah. Uh, what's the hardest part about being a dad? Oh, especially in my position, being the guy who's here all the time, I sometimes I worry if I am, I'm, I'm kind of like a general in my house and I worry if I am not nurturing enough. I know I'm very affectionate with my boys and they are very affectionate. And I think it's my, maybe the, maybe the broader answer is my insecurities as a parent. That was the other big topic that I cover a lot on the podcast and try to be open about that I think is new is these anxieties that you have. My father, I asked him, I go, how did you deal with the anxiety? You know, he's like, what do you mean? I go, well, whether what you were doing was right or not. And he's like, I, I didn't have that. Like, <laughs> he really said he didn't have, I feel like oh, every. Yeah. Everybody has that. Wow. No, I think it's just us. I think it's our, our, our generation. generation. Yeah. yeah. It's a thing that 
that is just with, he just always knew. And this is a man who literally told me that I had two other brothers and a sister that had also touched his stereo that he had killed and buried in the backyard. <laughs> and yet no regrets. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, what's the best advice on fatherhood that you ever received and who was it from? I got it from my dad. And the best advice I ever got was when the baby was coming home and he said, I know you're going to want to be in there with her for solidarity in the middle of the night. He said, but stay in bed, get some sleep. He said, because she is going to hit a wall and you are going to need to tap her out. And if both of you are exhausted, there is nobody there to tap you out. And that was that it's weird, but that is really huge. And it, it really did help us out early on in those baby years. Good. And what's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before you had kids? What it was like to have kids. Uh, I have a joke in my act about this thing to where I said that I wish there was a simulator that you could go through and people could know exactly what having kids was like before they had it because I believe that we would have half as many people in this world. I don't regret having kids, but uh, I don't know. No, I, guess I think that's I travel true. back in time. A better way to say it is if I went to travel back in time and tell myself when I found out that I was going to be a father, I was very broke and had no idea that I was like, how can you support a family while telling jokes? I felt like everything I was doing was selfish and that I wish I could go back and say, this is actually going to make you stronger and make you a better per, uh, person and man if you just let it take its course. It's just a natural thing that it got me focused and it got me energized because I was not only responsible for myself and partially my wife because she's also an adult, but now there's this other being that I am completely responsible for and it really is just a really good energizer and and gets me up and gets me going. Wow, that's great. And if you could give the listeners one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, the, I feel like all of my advice is baby-centered, but, uh, but uh, two things. Number one is, another advice that we got that was my second favorite thing is, a baby never cried itself to sleep. And that if you feel that you're having that moment where things are, you, know, you get agitated and you think it's impossible when you're, when you're pregnant or when you're starting out, but it, I think it happens to a lot more of us than we know. My wife said that to a friend of ours and she called her back later on and said, I'm so thankful you said that because I felt myself getting irritated at like three in the morning and I got afraid and I went and put him down in the crib and just kind of walked away. And she said, because of what you said, I realized that I wasn't the only one who had ever felt that way. And, and wasn't riddled with guilt in that moment. It was able, it, it helped me to pull back and go, you're just very tired and it's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't love that child. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Awesome, Justin. Such great answers. Thank you for doing that little round with me and thank you so much for being on the show. It is my pleasure. Can you please tell the listeners how to find you? Yeah, uh, my website is justincomedy.com and that'll be primarily for stand-up, but there are links as well to my podcast or you can go straight to the podcast at thedadpodcast.com. That the is important, but if you just Google dad podcast, that'll take you there. And there are links there for Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I am there if you want to send me a message and chat with me. I like chatting with people, especially about, about poop stories. If you have a fun <laughs> story, I like to talk poop. I think all parents have poop stories. So right? that is great. And as always, I'm going to get those links from you and I'm going to post them in the show notes. Listeners, please check out the Dad Podcast and share it with all of the dads you know. I want to wish you, Justin, and all the listeners out there a wonderful Father's Day and a special shout out to my one and only Sean, who is an amazing father and stepfather to all of our kids. I hope you all feel the love and appreciation today from your families. We will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.
You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.